Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Office Evolution Podcast. Today, we will be talking about virtual conference rooms, and I am lucky enough to be talking with Brian Chin. He's co-founder and CEO of Room, a modular architecture company. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? Hello, thanks. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Happy to uh, chat. I mean, this is a, uh, a complicated subject, but something that you deal with a lot. Uh, I know that you guys produce uh, a lot of the architecture uh, for these conferences that people are taking. So you are front and center with all of the changes happening. And talk to me just a little bit about what you're seeing uh, with the changes, the way that people actually are taking conferences with the new kind of virtual component that that we have going. Absolutely. I mean, the pandemic changed all of our assumptions about how we take uh, meetings, right? And before the pandemic, the default was in-person or if there was someone dialing in, but dial in, right? And I think everyone remembers uh, what it would be like to, to dial in. Um, and video conferencing, often, you know, oftentimes was really the uh, the exception. And uh, after the pandemic, that changed 180 degrees. And today, uh, everyone, this is new to anyone, everyone who uh, gets you know invited to a conference call, uh, the expectation is that you have your video on and you really have to specify and be specific to say, you know what, I'm actually only going to dial and I'm not going to uh, video conference in. So video conferencing has changed everything. Um, and it is the default assumption which changes uh, what the kind of spatial requirements are for doing a uh, virtual meeting. It changes um, what the, uh, what, what the, all aspects of kind of collaboration uh, when it comes to doing that virtual call. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all kind of gotten so accustomed to these virtual conferences that I think we forget sometimes how they used to be. But I think we all know what the conference room used to be, right? Whether you've used one in a while or not, right? Big table, uh, you know, kind of that microphone adapter in the middle of it. Uh, but talk to me about how the new conference room is is kind of changing to to go along with the way that we are doing conferences. Yeah. So the the conference room, as you said, um, it used to it used to be really designed for that people, most people being in the same room, and then there might be the odd person who is dialing in. And today. Uh, what, what's, what's happening is, you know, more and more of these meetings are hybrid, uh, and there's an expectation that, uh, you know, half or if not more of the participants are going to be video conferencing in, um, that changes this dynamic very significantly where, um, you need to rethink what the audio visual setup needs to look like, you need to rethink uh, how your your the camera is going to, you know, um, uh, pan across the carpet room to give uh, easy access to to all the participants for those who are who are dialing in so that they can see people. Um, and what, what what's more is uh, the way that we we participate in these these conference calls. Uh, it really changes. You know, throughout the the year, throughout the day, even um, where sometimes uh, you, you will have meetings that are mostly in person. Maybe your company policy is 
work uh, from the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, three days a week. Um, and so if you have a conference call, you know, during one of those days, then most people will be in, in the office. If you have a conference call during a different day, then maybe you're the lone person who's dialing, you know, or then maybe everybody is dialing. So um, the spatial, once again, the spatial requirements change so uh, dramatically. And um, uh, the way that, you know, workbenches, open plan offices were set up before uh, the pandemic, just, they're just, just not well suited. I think we've all experienced this, um, this pain point where uh, you set up a, a you know virtual conference and uh, somebody dials in from an open work environment and you see a ton of people walking around behind them. The visual noise is really distracting. Um, and even sometimes the, the audio um, can be distracting. Uh, and there's just not enough private space when you're in the office to take these calls. Uh, but... Um, you know, all of these expectations have changed literally overnight um, in terms of how we participate and how we show up and be present for these meetings. Um, and it takes time for physical environments to adapt to these changes. And that's really where room comes in. Um, we want to provide the tools that are necessary and helpful uh, for companies to provide the right physical environments that give uh, employees the best opportunity to, to contribute their best work. And um, it's a lot easier when you're deploying modular architecture, such as what we provide, uh, whether that's phone booths or meeting rooms or focus rooms, uh, all of our products ship flat and assemble on site. They're easy to move around and much uh, more affordable than doing fixed construction. Um, and, you know, by virtue of being modular, they're much more adaptable to change. So um, I think, you know, the current moment and the current pain points that people experience with uh, video conferencing and with these virtual calls um, all point towards the direction that, that, that we've been really trying to pioneer for the last several years, which is uh, one that is adaptable and, and modular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we've seen a lot of change to just, you know, where conference rooms sit within the office, right? Where I think uh, generally, they were kind of, uh, you know, pushed maybe into the middle of a large floor plate. And, you know, they were kind of this kind of separate area. And, you know, talk to me about how maybe the new uh, the new office looks, right? Are they are they uh, interspersed throughout with some third space? Are they closer to the windows? Like, what, what are you seeing as far as the uh, deployment of, of these conference rooms? Well, we're seeing that um, they're, oftentimes they're smaller conference rooms that are necessary uh, rather than larger ones. So uh, whereas maybe it was much more common to have eight to 10 person meetings in person, now that number has reduced pretty dramatically where maybe most of the participants are dialing in, but you have two, three, four participants in person. So, uh, and you have many more because, because of that shrinkage, you have many more smaller meetings. So uh, the demand shifted from I guess these larger boardrooms or conference rooms, the smaller ones. And uh, we've done a lot of work with uh, occupancy sensor companies uh, like WordSense or Density to, to really show that uh, this this pattern is, is proving out. Um, and then uh, the other thing that we're seeing is uh, the need for visual privacy. 
So, uh, whereas it, maybe it was much more common to, um, to take calls just by dialing in, um, people, people do want to be able to, um, take the video call. So, uh, they want to, to have that visual privacy, uh, and be able to, um, not have a ton of background visual noise. Um, one thing that we see because of the pandemic is, um, people want that access to natural, you know, ventilation, fresh air, natural light. Uh, but then that was a trend I would say that was already ongoing, uh, but that does push carbon rooms away from the perimeter, away from walls and windows towards center. Right. Um, so just a, 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 you know, a myriad of physical changes um, in the works across companies of all types. Um, and the reality is I think almost all of these companies that, uh, that we're talking to, whether they're startups, uh, trying to figure out their office strategy or whether they're fortune 500 companies, they're all, you know, tackling similar challenges and frankly, all are in the mode of experimentation. Uh, the number of times I hear that a company is rolling out one policy, uh, getting feedback, having to roll it back out or ha having to, to pull back, uh, and then make iterations to their policies. It's, it's every single day when there are changes, uh, to policies on, uh, coming into the office. Um, and it's every single day, uh, that there are, you know, changes to the physical environment that are also, uh, necessary as a result of that. So we're in this very interesting moment of flux, uh, but flux is frankly, um, that's, that's the, the world that we live in today, regardless of the changes of the last three years, uh, we need to be adapting to, you know, an evolving workforce with, uh, preferences that are rapidly changing and the physical environment that we deploy to attract the right talent and retain the right talent needs to be uh, as nimble as possible so that our talent you know, acquisition and retention strategies can be effective. Um, and you know, it, it sounds more relevant today than ever, but, but I would argue that um, it's, this has been the case. It's just become uh, come come into sharper focus uh, over the last two three years since the pandemic. Yeah, and as as companies are kind of taking this uh, learning approach to what's working and what's not, you know, uh, what are maybe ways that they they can do that right? Besides um, deploying sensors and kind of looking at the movement of people, I think uh, when it comes to just uh, you know designing with some flexibility and some modularity to be able to move things around as they go. Yeah, I think uh, the the main thing is the the ability to design with flexibility in mind from the start. And what that means is trying to do as little uh, upfront construction and drywall as possible. Because when you're uh, when you're building up drywall, setting up kind of these space defining structures, um, and you're doing it with the architect and general contractor and building permits in mind. Um, you're, you're locking yourself into a way of working, uh, that really only makes economic sense if you stick to exactly that same way of working for the next five years. And, 
we just don't think that's a practical way to proceed in this day and age. Uh, so designing with flexibility for us means that um, you embrace the use of furniture and uh, the use of modular architecture as much as possible to define space, define visual privacy, acoustic privacy, uh, rather than uh, drywall rooms. And um, what that allows you to do is um, make your best educated guess. You know, um, I think there are a lot of limits to surveys. Uh, a lot of companies will send a survey and then uh, deploy a way of working only to find out later that uh, the survey was misleading and that people, in fact, behave differently than they say they will behave. Uh, so the real way to do it is to treat the office as an iterative experience that um, where the responsibility is on the space planner or on facilities manager to deploy something in a flexible way, uh, look at how um, employees are behaving in that space, um, and then making very quick and as inexpensive, inexpensive as possible changes um, to, to create a better so ultimately, I think this, this leads to an outcome that is better for employees because um, if people vote with their feet and if physical environments are adaptive and, and uh, open to, to change to accommodate uh, employee preferences, then, then that leads to a better outcome. It leads to uh, just as, you know, um, websites get optimized over time based on user behavior. Offices should get optimized over time uh, to uh, maximize kind of you know employee outcomes. So um, that's I, I think it really knows thinking about how to maximize that flexibility, and um, it's much more than just um, trying to eliminate drywall construction. I think there are uh, we work with a lot of clients and partners to think about what a flex ready space looks like. And it goes into things like where you place your outlets um, in the outset of, of a, a floor design or where you place your sprinklers. Um, and um, this is something that, that we, we work quite a bit with our clients on, which is to, to, to design optionality into your floor plan and space planning um, from as early as possible in your office strategy and um it can sometimes be more expensive upfront uh but we find that the the flexibility it affords you later on um you know pays dividends and um it, you know uh over and over again yeah i mean that's a, a great point that and we think it's just a change uh, in the way the flexibility of how we work, but really the the entire office and the way that the entire office is constructed and designed needs to be flexible too. So a really fascinating takeaway from this, uh, a pretty monumental change in, in how offices are designed. So uh, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate your insight and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast series is brought to you by Foresight by Cork. The workplace has changed dramatically. Optimize your office space with Foresight by Cork's affordable workplace utilization technology and flexible furniture solutions. Learn how to be permanently flexible at Foresight 
sitebycourt.com. That's the number four, S-I-T-E-B-Y-C-O-R-T dot com.